Christmas and happy holidays, all you nerds and geeks, and welcome to another episode of Goblins and Guidance. We are the Goblins here to give you all guidance. I'm Calvin, and joining me are David and Andrew, and we set to answer D&D Reddit's most jolly of questions. Uh, this week we have a guest uh, joining us, with our dear friend Micah. Hello, I'm Micah. Yeah, uh, Micah. Um, yeah. Omega lol. David, what does a goblin say before finals week? Alright. A goblin says, In order to maximize damage to a player character through falling, we need to set a trap that drops them 578.74 feet. We can derive this equation by using the kinematic equation. One second, one second. Oh, sorry. This is why we need to study, okay? This is why goblins need to study. Alright, uh -huh. we can derive this uh, no, solution by using, no, by using the equation uh, change in x is equal to initial velocity times time plus one half at squared. Now, because we want the player character not this to be able to use an not to be able to use an action while they're falling in order so that they can't cast spells, uh, spells. <laughs> the time we can set to six seconds. The time between their actions. So if uh, if the gravity on our D and D world is the same as the gravity on this planet called Earth then that means it is 9.8 meters per second, or approximately 32 feet per second. Now, if we plug that into the equation with t equals to 6 and acceleration equal to 32, 1 half times 32 times 6 times 6 is equal to approximately 578.74 feet. <laughs> I, didn't listen, I didn't listen to a single word he said. Uh, <laughs> Just, probably. Uh, I mean, that's Goblin's been studying, I guess. Apparently, so yeah, this is what we've been doing the past two weeks because we had finals. So we, <laughs> we, uh, sorry for the short hiatus, but we're back and it's Christmas. We are back and and got DM DMs out there. If you want to maximize fall damage, I think it it caps at like one d ten, so you don't have to drop them five hundred seventy eight feet. <laughs> uh, yeah, it caps at like twenty d six. Twenty d six. Okay. Yeah. Mega load. <laughs> All right, it's uh, it's just jump into these questions, Andrew. What is our first question? Our first question coming from Reddit user u slash varanin. Do you allow druids in your games to wear metal armor slash organic armor that is AC equivalent to metal metal options? Basically, the title. Never DM'd for a druid before, and they asked if they could get a breastplate but made out of hide and leather. Would you allow that? Why Why not? Is the metal thing purely for flavor, or is it integral for druids balancing? Edit. Damn. Didn't think this issue would be so controversial. Thanks for all the responses. Should have maybe put up a poll or something. Edit 2. I've gone to go with you slash Jake Gallows and a couple of other suggestions to allow it AC equivalent organic armor, that is, but make her work for it. You know, that sounds valid yeah. to me. Yeah. I think I have to agree with uh, Jake here. My I... personal opinion, like, I would make the options for, like, the low-level stuff, um, but then you gotta, like, work it for it and craft your own, like, higher-level shit. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, in my opinion, right, like, 
the metal thing isn't purely flavor right because like it does affect gameplay in a bit like yeah a shocking grasp does extra damage or something like that and so i feel like since you're playing druid like it is you by picking druid you should be knowing that yeah i can't wear metal armor so like don't try and wear metal armor right like i think what the dm should try and do is provide armor that is you know just like leather armor instead of leather armor that kind of stuff and then like do make magic items or like but you can't have a breastplate be a breastplate if it's made out of hide right or i i was thinking like uh sort of like monster hunter esque style where you have to like retrieve parts from like the scales of a dragon or something um or some giant sea beast to like make like scaly versions of arbor okay um so it's like it's natural but it's as strong as like man-made shit right so like scale mill but with like like basilisk skills, skills. Just, okay. yeah. Yeah. yeah just just you kill a dragon, you can forge armor. I would say that. Yeah. yeah. You, you could also wear like the bones of animals. Like if for a helmet, you could wear the skull of something yeah. you, your party has yeah. killed. Oh my god, David, it's just like Breath of the Wild. <laughs> <laughs> well, well. It's like Monster Hunter. Yeah, mo- Monster that's, Hunter. Yeah, that's Monster Hunter. That's, yeah. That's, that, that's better. Yeah, so. Yeah. Yeah, you would just have to homebrew a lot to like get past yeah. it if you wanted the, if you wanted them to have AC equivalent. But in my opinion, like I think it's a okay nerf to a druid since they can wild shape into a an animal that has a high AC anyway. So that's true. Yeah, and like it, it, it really does, depends. It gives them another health like... bar too. So <laughs> so I yeah. think I think I mean it's up to you if you want to make a very broken druid. <laughs> it, it depends on how you want to play druid. Because every druid that I've DM'd for all kind of ignore wild shape for some reason. Really? Really? Yeah. Yeah. I guess. No, wait, you're right. Yeah. Because, like, that one time with, like, Jesse. We had a wildfire druid, so he kept using his wild shape to summon his uh, wildfire spirit. Uh, And we had a spores druid who kept using the other option for um, wild shape. So a lot of people use their, like, at least in my experience, they use their uh, class, subclass specific wild shape instead of the actual wild shape. That's true. They weren't ever like a tank druid. They're always playing a yeah. different playstyle. Yeah. But yeah, these are all suggestions that we have. We jazz hands. <laughs> I mean, they went with what was the suggestion they went with? It was animal slash monster scale, ironwood, ceramic, or something stranger. Sure, why not? Druids are given medium armor proficiency, may as well use it. If you really want to, make them work for it. So basically, Calvin's suggestion of they can get it, but they have to like put in the effort to yeah. make yes. it worthwhile, rather than just give, the, give it to them because they asked. Mm-hmm. That sounds valid to me. Mm-hmm. Right. Our next question is loading. Give me one second. <laughs> uh, our next question is from Space Time Boogaloo. Could heavy improv be draining my energy? 
For a while, I've been feeling very drained after I DM sessions. I thought that maybe I was just an introvert until someone told me they used to feel drained after two hours of D&D, but not after four hours of Pathfinder. They said that D&D relies heavily on the DM making decisions and improvising, where uh, Pathfinder has more rules but doesn't require the DM to try and make sense of the rules on the spot. Improv does require a lot of more brain power than just running the game as written. Do you feel more drained after a heavy improv session or a heavily planned session? I don't have a heavily planned session, so I couldn't tell you on that second one. <laughs> I, I do. I very heavily plan my sessions out and do a lot of like mind mapping and shit to like uh like what the main encounter should be, what uh if they're in a town, what's in the town or what's can they do at specific shops and stuff like that? Um, but it, I've never actually played Pathfinder before, so I can't really comment on like that side of this question. But I do uh, do more heavily planned shit than improv shit. Mm -hmm. I think that's better for me. Uh, whenever I've run something, I felt like super tired after, even during mm -hmm. like. Like after, like I did a, like a one shot, but it was really long. Yeah, that was and, like an eight hour one shot. <laughs> yeah, and like halfway through, I was just like, "Wow," you know, like yeah, and and it is like I'm an introvert, which means that if I'm, yeah, like if I'm trying, like I have to actively use my energy to like socialize with mm -hmm. people, right? And like that. It's it's hard. Yeah, it's perfectly normal to feel tired. I'd be surprised if you weren't, unless you're like an extrovert. <laughs> yeah. I do um, I do feel like it gets less tiring the more you do it and the more you get used to it. Because um, it is just about getting better as a DM. It's getting better at improv in general. Mm -hmm. Um so it's less exhausting when you know more of like what to do uh, as some of the same situations keep coming up and uh, over and over again. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, to be fair, I've, I've only been running Fandover so far, so it's so simple. I don't need to think about it, but next, <laughs> but pretty soon I'm going to start like in my own homebrew campaign. So that one's going to, that one I might, that one might drain me though. So. Yeah, yeah. We'll see what happens. I've been hearing a lot more about Pathfinder. Like, I feel like, yeah. I feel like every time I go on D and D Reddit now, it's just like Pathfinder versus D and D. <laughs> well, I mean, they're the most similar, uh, like TTRPGs compared to like the others. So it's mm -hmm. very easy to compare and contrast. D, D and Pathfinder, which is why it happens a lot. Yeah. I tried Burning Wheel the other day. Um, yeah. It was really slow. Like... You burned a wheel? Yeah. I've never heard of Burning Wheel. It's like the system where there's like Battle of Wits, right? And then oh. each time characters get into an argument, it like starts a combat sequence. Except it's like a Battle of Wits. And also... Mm -hmm. Like, it's just so slow. Oh my goodness. It yeah. takes, like, we spent two hours for an end game of, like, 15 minutes. 
I do feel like a lot of the other RPGs get more complicated, so like they take longer to do some uh, simpler stuff. Mm-hmm. There's there's a lot of RPGs that I do want to try, but I don't want to like GM for them first. I want to be a player, and it's harder to find a a game master for other RPGs. Right. I've been hearing a lot about Warhammer too, because the new game is out. Yeah, yeah. That looks and fun. I think they're they're like Henry Cavill's in it. Yeah, Henry Cavill's in it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Is he in the game? I thought it, I thought they were doing a show. Yeah, he's in the show. Okay. That's, that's what it was. That's yeah. What I meant. Um, there's a new show coming out, but also there's a video game that came out like a few weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. All right. What's our next? question david all right our next question is uh loading redirecting okay okay now it's loading what race gimmicks do you think dnd is missing by you slash mr underscore big underscore m since now we have our links that add more divine races in the game with asimar what other types of gimmicks do you think dnd is missing with the lack of better words i was thinking about how there are races that embody something like Genasi with the elements or tieflings with fiends. What would be a race that embodies the primal side of magic or just straight up the arcane itself? It's hard to explain, but I was thinking about it and wanted to see what other gimmicks that should be added. And edit, well, fellas can say a few things. Y'all really want to play a plant really badly as well as a dog. <laughs> Some of y'all don't want any more gimmicks. I also forgot a species. Now, I don't like species that doesn't fit well with me. How about like ancestry or lineage, maybe race? I don't know. The first comment is plant race. Dude, it's plant race. That's what our, our that's what one of our buddies was one thing, like the fungal zombie thingy. It was yeah. basically a plant. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, sentient plants are definitely something that'd be cool. Um A gimmick you could do with a plant is like you know how there are there are those like zombie mushrooms that like spread its spores? Yeah. Like you could do that. Or like, you know how there's like this forest somewhere that the entire forest is just one single tree? Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, so like if you played a plant character, what if you could like control, like you could start growing more characters that you also control at the same time, mm-hmm. right? Or like a, or a mob, mob psycho is not kind of spoiler alert, not really. Um... Like, there's this giant broccoli in, like, season two or something, season three, and it has, like, it can, like, grow a bunch of small, smaller things that it also controls, right? So that would be a really interesting gimmick. I think you, when making a race like this, you kind of have to be careful, though, um, of, like, not making it too complicated, because then you're kind of getting more into class Yeah, that's areas. true. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, I definitely think plants. I think there's a lot of like monsters. I want more monstrous races, you know? Monstrous like, races? Um, there's a lot of stuff in like the older editions that I would love to see in fifth edition, like large races, like giants and stuff. Mm-hmm. I remember my buddy when I was doing an online campaign. Um, he homebrewed a race. At least I think it was homebrewed. I'm pretty sure it was. 
he called them the Titans, and like they were somewhat like normal human size, but they had like omega awesome strength. Like mm-hmm. like they didn't naturally have like a super strength stat, but they had a special ability to be able to wield two handed weapons in one hand, and I thought that was really fun to play around with. That'd be cool. Then you could hold a greatsword and a shield at the same time. Or you could dual wield greatswords. <laughs> oh, I think how sick that would be. Just like this huge guy running mm-hmm. at you, wielding two greatswords. And then you could do like yeah. double pole arms too. You have like mm-hmm. double halberds and you just like hit twice from 10 feet away. <laughs> exactly. No, yeah, it was really fun to play around with. Wait! And they could take Polar Master and then and then hit three times. Wait, no. <laughs> Offhand hit is also a bonus action, so you can't. Mm-hmm. I was thinking like like Silas. No, not Silas. Um, Draven from League of Legends, where you like yeah. throw throw two things and then and then it like double hits. I don't know. It's that'd be cool. Nope. <laughs> no. Nope. Not, no. No. Nope. Nope. Andrew loves League of Legends. That's his favorite game. No. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Something tells me that's just not. Actually, true. whenever Andrew opens his computer, he's like, "Oh, I want to play League of Legends, but I gotta like record so the stupid D and D podcast instead." But right now, <laughs> secretly, he wants to play League of Legends. No, right now I want to play Overwatch. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. What if What if you could be like a stone golem? Would that be able to, like... Cause, like yeah, like like a Warforged, yeah. but stone. Yeah, exactly. That'd be cool. Mm-hmm. Like, what I think... if you just had no organs whatsoever? Like, you're yeah. literally just stone filled together. Mm-hmm. In, uh, in 3rd edition 3.5, there was this... They had, they had certain races that were, like, lineage races, where they, like, build off of other races. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them was called a Mineral Warrior. Where it was, you were whatever race you were, but then you were turned into this stony demon. That was, uh, it was really cool to play as, and it sounded so fun and interesting. Um, I, I think there should be more undead races, too. There, there technically isn't any official undead races. Really? Yeah, if you go, if you look at undead races in, like, D&D, the only ones... That exist are all utter Tharkaida. Oh, I see. Uh, so like, uh, there's the Damn Fear, the Reborn, and there's an official version of the Damn Fear, but it's different. It's not technically undead. Mm. I want to play as Frosty the Snowman. <laughs> Frosty the, the Snowman, snowman would be fun. Snowman race. I honestly, you could just make like a golem race, and then just have a ton of different elements that you can pick. Yeah, kind of like Janassi, but like you're not. I do. Yeah, I do wish Janassi had a few more. I wish there was like a frost option for Janassi. Yeah, you can make like a Janassi for every like type of damage. Yeah, like an acid (laughs) Janassi. You're just constantly high. (laughs) Yes. Oh, no. Two different kinds of. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, man, some of Timmy's homebrew is a. Uh, oh. Yep. Oh no. <laughs> okay. All right. What's our next question, Andrew? That's a great question in and of itself. Yes. Really. 
mind. Our next question posted by user slash assume underscore my underscore hate. Probably hates easy to read names. Okay. Is it offensive? Is it quote offensively inappropriate, patently insane, end quote, of me as a DM to when a rogue attempts picking a log <laughs> that based on the proficiency bonus and the DC, I hand them an appropriately difficult log and the necessary equipment for picking it and ask them to pick it. One of my players derided me in a way that was fairly offensive. Eventually I withdrew from the idea and we moved on with the campaign, but my feelings were a bit hurt and I thought it was a neat idea. So I, is this question just asking like if in real the life is cool enough? Yeah, so <laughs> I was I was reading this one um before and I was really confused. Mm -hmm. I was like, that seems to make sense. And then it seems as though they asked in real life, like gave them a yeah. lock and said, okay, pick this. Mm -hmm. That seems just stupid to me. No, no. I oh, think, oh! I think it's great, and it's a fun okay, idea. Okay, no! But, no, 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 so, no, no. like, two years ago, I have a, a set of lock picks and stuff that my mom gave me two years ago. <laughs> it's really, it's not that hard to pick a lot of locks. Okay. It's a but... lot of just fiddling around until it clicks, and then you open. Uh, and it's super easy. I think it'd be a fun uh, challenge to give to people. Alright, so if Calvin oh, appears on the news for breaking and entering <laughs> it, no, we, we all, we're all witnesses. I, I do not break wait, it. Okay, so, that is based Evan. on their proficiency bonus and the <laughs> oh, DC, wait, right? No. Yeah, <laughs> it is Evan. Okay, so based on their proficiency bonus and DC, right? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, if they don't know how to do it in real life, but the rogue in-game knows how to do it, then it's not fair. I feel. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't think I if I ever did this, it would be like a one-time thing of just uh, for fun. Yeah, um, it's not something, something I would like readily do whenever there's a like a locked chest or something. Yeah, we've also come across a bunch of like stories before of people like making characters based on their real life self. I could see mm -hmm. that. I could see that happening in mm -hmm. that sort of campaign. Yeah, I've seen uh, posts where they're like, you could only play a certain race if you do such and such. Uh, so there was, for example, rogues, you had to, like, steal dice from your DM, uh, wizard, I think, was, like, studying, like, the <laughs> roll books or something. Be a nerd. Just be a nerd. <laughs> it was so long ago that I, like, I can't remember everything. Was fighter just punch someone three times, five times? I think, I think it was just, like, beat up your DM. <laughs> <laughs> beat up your DM. <laughs> beat up your DM. All right, you have six seconds to swing the sword seven times. Go. Yes. Go. <laughs> I mean, okay, so there's a comment for this one, which is, which says, to be fair, you wouldn't ask the wizard to set a pipe bomb off in your living room, which, oh, which is no. very, <laughs> which is oh, very no. fair, right? <laughs> Ex except I would ask them, but uh, also, like, normally you do ask the bard to, like, sing in real life too, right? So, so it really, uh, I've never picked a lock before, but I, I have done the thing. Okay, so a while back, at the end of the school year, uh, I took, like, two of my friend's locks, like, locker combination yeah. locks, including Calvin's, <laughs> and stuck them on a backpack, then forgot the combos. Andrews, wasn't it? Yeah, then I forgot the combos. Yeah, you guys combos. gave me your locks, and I did not want them. Yeah, <laughs> anyway, so they were just, like, stuck on my backpack, so... I had to do the the wrench thing where you take two wrenches and stick them on mm -hmm. into the lock and then break them open. That's all my experience with <laughs> lock picking. So yeah. if if I was playing rogue, that would be very unfair. And I would 
I would offensively, inappropriately call you patently insane. <laughs> Makes sense to me. I think this this gave me, a, a, I think, a genius idea. It's not going to be genius. It's going to be I'm genius. so scared. Okay. The end. The, we, imagine we have a session it's tonight. The oh, of, God. Of a session. <laughs> okay. Uh, and the whole party passes out. And then, like, the cliffhangers, you wake up and you're all in a locked room. And then the next session is just in an escape room. And the party has to escape. (laughs) Calvin, I thought you were going to go with, you guys all pass out. And when you guys all wake up, you're on a cart. And the person says, you're finally awake. (laughs) You're fine. You're finally awake. That'd be pretty funny. Okay, you escape from my is not that bad. You could you could go there beforehand, talk to your employee, and be like, "Hey, so I know there's a story with this one, but it's just, let's ignore that. I, I have my own story going. Okay, we're just gonna I'm basically kidnapping these people. I'm gonna put them in this room. They're gonna escape. Yeah. It's gonna be really cool." You can also <laughs> buy those uh, like at home escape room games. You know? Yeah, yeah, that's true. All right. So yeah, if 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 your player doesn't know how to pick a lock. And the rogue does. Don't ask them to pick a lock in real life. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, it's a fun idea. Yeah, unless yeah. they're the lock-picking lawyer, probably don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you have plus nine and and sleight of hand. Okay, now break <laughs> this lock in real life. <laughs> All right. Our next question is from Icy Opening. 3724 how do you deal with the can i try it too situation i believe you've all seen this moment when a player fails a skill check just as such as perception investigation arcana or etc and the other players keep asking to try it too until one of them succeeds how do you deal with that it depends like if it's true if it's um if it's literally just looking around the room at that point, I'll probably just give it to them because I mean they're not going to stop until they find some. Unless like, unless there's some other reason that they would that they have reason to believe that it's actually not in there or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, if it comes, if it's like opening a door, I'll say no. The lock is now busted or something. Yeah. Um, it it really it's really case by case, so it is a it is a difficult one. I have to yeah. agree. I think it is case by case. Yeah. Um, I know yeah. Calvin told me once um, how he does it. It's like it takes longer if you do it over and over again, which I think should yeah. apply to multiple people trying it too. Um, but like for example, perception check. I feel like I feel like telling them like I think like each person can do it right like once. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think if they're if the parties try to search one room, I think they should each have to split up and look at like individual parts, so they only get one chance in that like in that area. But then like maybe some of the other party members can find something over there, uh, in the opposite corner or something like that. Uh, but in terms of like uh, picking a lock. Uh, depending on like, unless they get like a nat one or like a two or something, then it's like definitely that lock is broken. You guys fucked up. But in like situations where they don't fail too badly, it just uh, you pick the lock, but it takes like a few, a couple minutes instead of like instantly click. You know, 
Yeah, and in those couple of minutes, there could be like some guy walking around, and he's like, "Why are you trying to? What are you trying to do that lock?" Right. You know, halt! You violated the law. Pay the <laughs> fine and serve your sentence. Your stolen goods are no forfeit. Yes. Then pay with your blood. Uh, and then, right. like in other situations where the party is trying to like read ancient glyphs or something on the wall. Um, because obviously they know something about the glyphs is important, but mm. if I think I would have everyone like roll through once, and if no none of them could figure it out, then they they just can't figure it out right now. Yeah, because I mean, like in real life, right? If you don't, if you can't read something, you can't try again. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like you're not all of a sudden gonna be able to read it later. Mm-hmm. You're like staring harder, and like the words just like move, and like you, you know, like it's. Suddenly, the words morph into readable English. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, but like, if no one could figure it out, that if I was in the party, I would, like, take out a book or a like a pen or charcoal or whatever I have on me, and I would like copy it down. So even though I don't understand it, I could look for someone elsewhere that might be able to, you know. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. We're going to like a library and roll a check to try to. Compared to other books. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the, you you gotta put a cap. You can't just like have them constantly be rolling if someone fails. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think so, yeah. Especially if it's... <laughs> imagine you're trying to like climb... It's like, can I try to? Like, sure, you can try to, but if you do a second time, you'll probably it'll be harder or something. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. What's next? All right. The next question is by you slash Jose underscore MCR. Uh, it's turn the tide unconscious player character in five E. Can an unconscious PC hear? The unconscious rule is not clear, but there is a specific defend condition that does not apply. Yes. So they're asking about the uh, spell Turn the Tide? Yeah. yeah. Uh, turn the Tide is uh, a paladin divine favor. Oh. Uh, channel divinity. Um, I think it's like Oath of Oath of Glory? Oath of, Oath of, Oath of the Crown, right? Yes. Yeah. So what it does, as a bonus action, you can bolster injured creatures with your channel divinity each creature of your choice that can hear you within 30 feet of you regains 30 hit points equal to 1d6 plus your charisma mod if it has no more than half of its hit points so let's say like you're doing a fight and you're the last one up right and your party's all knocked so can you like like old mercy ult them and get them all up again (laughs) uh i think that if you're unconscious, you can still hear. Yeah, but you could probably still hear, right? Because mm-hmm. it's gonna like vibrate your eardrums. Mm-hmm. But you probably I mean, won't be awake enough to understand or act upon that yeah. noise. Right, yeah. but the, I think the... this is probably up to the DM on this one, but in my opinion, I don't think it would give you the HP. Because you are unconscious and you can't, like, consciously, mm-hmm. like, choose. Because, like, if, uh, think about, like, bardic, like, stuff of inspiration where they, like, they're singing at you to give you this, like, 
if you're unconscious, you can't like feel inspired by a a song or anything like that. Right. But it's in the same sense that like if you're asleep, if someone yells loud enough, you wake up. Right? Yeah, or... but like I think there's a difference between sleeping and losing so much blood that you pass out. Yeah, but no, it's the same thing. But like <laughs> the at the same time, it's supposed to heal you, right? Mm-hmm. So so by hearing it, you lose less. See, this is where the fantasy comes in. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. So basically mean, does do you have fantasy, to understand to want- you have to understand turn the tide. So wait. Yeah. So as a bonus action, you can bolster injured creatures with your channel divinity. Each creature of your choice that can hear you within thirty feet of you regains hip. So I it doesn't say understand, but let's look at um what is it? What is the Bardic inspiration? Okay. Bard, right? Let's take a look at Bardic Inspiration. You can inspire others through stirring words or music. To do so, use a bonus action. Um, so, this one, it says you can inspire others through stirring words and music. The other one just says they can hear you. This is very... And this is why DMing drains you so much, huh? Yeah. I just, I just looked it Your up. boy, Jeremy Crawford. Jeremy Crawford says it does affect unconscious allies. So, okay. I mean... Yeah, because there is a different yes, condition that, that is deafened. Yeah. Okay. I do, I do think the DM has the final say of whether or not it works, but Jeremy Crawford says it does, so mm-hmm. show that to your DM. Okay. Well, there you go. There you go. There we go. Alrighty. What's up next? Maybe Michael can say this one. Am I I reading the question? Yes, you are, Michael. Because we love you so much, you cutie pie. Okay, 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 okay. Okay. This was posted by, oh god, (laughs) two Eurypnid. I love how we. I love how we unintentionally punished Micah with a question. Yeah, you, you punished me. This is why you actually get. Should I give players less XP, EXP for ending encounters non-lethally? Oh, I, no. Keep going. I, I have not been doing this myself because my particular group has just been killing the enemies. But I have seen other DMs actively do this, and it got me thinking. Is it really a good idea to give parties less EXP if they don't kill their quarries? An encounter run by another DM I've seen around level 6 characters trying to dispose of giants resting too close to a town. It didn't matter how they did it, they just needed to go away. They were successful in scaring the giants off, but in return got significantly less experience for their efforts. We're talking around less than 600 XP where the common encounter gain is anywhere from 1,000 to 5,000 on deadly. It made me think this could negatively impact roleplay and if this is an actual appropriate reward. No, no, you should Why? always. Yeah. yeah, I feel like that's an extreme case. I think I personally don't like XP leveling, anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wouldn't. If they find another solution to accomplish the same goal, I would give them the same amount of XP. Yeah, like if mm-hmm. you're making a creative solution to not kill the giants, but like scare them off mm-hmm. or something, why would they be punished for that? Yeah. Now, I do think it might be a different scenario if the giants, if they didn't like scare them off well enough, where like 
the Giants might come back later that I might not give them the same amount of HP. But that, that feels like a very um, big jump of like less than 600 from 1,000 to 5,000. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think XP leveling like XP should be based on just just winning versus killing. Yeah, yeah. XP leveling is flawed in the first day. In the first yeah, day. just That's just true. do milestone. If milestone based, <laughs> I mean it depends on the campaign you're doing. If you're doing a more story based campaign, milestone makes more sense. If you're doing more of a dungeon crawl thing, um, then XP leveling. Work, might work better for you. I don't mind. Mine's probably going to be um, somewhat of a mix of both because I want them to have the option to like farm because I feel like that could be interesting. But... <laughs> mm-hmm. Wow. But you know, that's not, I mean, there's going to be limits on that, but the idea of farming is, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I guess if you're playing like an open world campaign where you can do whatever you want, then XP is probably the way to go. Yeah. Okay. And then they take on the final boss in the first session. <laughs> yeah. Just like Breath of, of the Wild. <laughs> uh, I love Breath of the Wild so much. They I know just, you do. They should just make we a Zelda campaign. <laughs> they should make a Zelda campaign. Do it. I believe in you. A Zelda campaign, but like years after Zelda's died, so the party has to fill in for him. Did you hey, no, no, wait, Calvin, wait a no. sec, Calvin. Yeah, no, they both died. Oh, everyone dies. <laughs> okay, after okay. everyone's dead. dead. Yeah, okay, that's clearly what I meant. I play Nintendo games all the time. I'm sure, he does. Yeah, I know. He's the Crash big Bandicoot. Nintendo gamer. <laughs> yeah, Crash Bandicoot, right? Yeah, I love Crash. He's my favorite Nintendo character, along with Sonic. Go, huh? All right, our next question is from RM Sand. I can't get extended downtime to run properly. It keeps turning back into real-time situations. I've been having an ongoing problem of running any sort of downtime that takes place for a few days, weeks, let alone a month. For starters, it doesn't seem good storytelling to say, yeah, so nothing happens in three months, what do you do? But every time I try to zoom out in time frame, it always goes back to an immediate situation. Uh, for example, the DM says, You are welcome guests at the Sultan's Palace. You have one week before the Grand Ceremony. What do you do? The rogue uh, says, I follow the head chef to see if he's trying to poison the Sultan. Okay, roll stealth investigation and see what you learned from tailing him for the day. Uh, the party's warlock says, While he's following the chef, I'm trying to break into the mayor's house. Uh, okay, roll pick and stealth. Fail. The alarm goes off and the guards begin running at you. What? More like, I cast Eldritch Blast at the guard. Oh, no. And now we are in combat and not one day of downtime has passed. Oh, no. How do you run this sort of downtime and make it work without any risky event having to go into initiative order combat? I don't think it, it's it's kind of... I don't know if you can. I mean, the 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 best way I can think of is go player by player going, what do you do over this time frame? And then you just play that out. Give everyone else a break for a hot minute. I mean, that has problems in and of itself, too. But I mean, I don't... There's not really a good way to run downtime, though, in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
the way I ran downtime when we did Ghost of Saltmarsh, I asked every player what downtime activity they like wanted to do before our session started. Um, so we could like start making some sort of a plan. Um, and like there was like moments within the downtime that we like role played out and stuff. Uh, but we did it, but we still like considered it a downtime activity versus like a, a combat or a fight or anything like that. Hundred percent. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I see this comment where crime is just a downtime activity. So yep. just have them do that for a week or something. <laughs> yeah. Be gay, do crime. You have to plan out routes when they're coming in, leaving. <laughs> Choose a perfect time to break into the mayor's house. There you yeah. go. It's it's like uh, it's like. Is it like Breath of the Wild? It's oh like Home God. Alone, where the where the burglars they have to like dress up as the cop and then find out they're going find to out Paris. if they're going to Paris. <laughs> oh no. They just didn't expect a family to leave a kid behind. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would have left him behind. He was kind of a... Couldn't a little bit. A naughty boy. Couldn't you, as a DM, just say, like, either the action you want to take is going to take a really long time, or just be straight up with them and like, guys, we need downtime. We have, like... Two days have passed in the past, like three months. We've been doing this campaign. <laughs> could, could we try and yeah. speed it up? Yeah. Um, I always advocate for honest conversations between DMs and players, because uh, I feel like there's a lot of DMs who try to put up a front, like a wall between players and DM when it comes to like planning sessions and stuff. Uh, but like. Get get your players involved, man. Hundred percent. In this upcoming session we're doing, we have two players who are from the city that they just entered. So, like, definitely got them involved to see like NPCs that they would have known or their family and stuff like that who are still in the city, and like try to integrate that into the story. I feel like the setting of your campaign also has a lot to do with it. Yeah. Like my, the one I'm planning on is taking place at like um. At like an academy, so there's there's shit to do. Yeah, there, there's, 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 li there's limits, but there's also a lot of us at the same time. Yeah, there's limits on how far they can go, but there's but it's pretty open on what you can do if you want. Mm -hmm. Oh no, it's a. I think the academy setting is a decent balance of it anyway. <laughs> and if nothing else, they can say I go study. Yeah. <laughs> I go study. I go study. <laughs> Ah, we love Me wizards. Wizard moment. Wizard <laughs> moment. <laughs> I still have not played a spellcaster. Nerd. You have played bard. Oh, you yeah, but like that's that's their bard's moment. a bard's a full caster, yeah. Yeah. Yes, I think so. Yes, they are. Okay. Oh, that reminds me. Just the uh, last session I had. I casted fireball on my players for the first time. It was very fun. Nice. Oh, did you That's get any kills? Fun. Did you get anyone? <laughs> get any kills? Did you get, kills? <laughs> did you get a team one? Did you <laughs> I have not had my uh, first TPK, and I'm oh man, I'm so waiting for it. 
We haven't had a real PK either. Yeah. Like, no one's died dying. No, we have. I mean, we brought them back, though. We brought yeah. them back, but we have. That's true. You can just kill them again. We haven't had permanent uh, player deaths yet. Yeah, that's yeah. true. PPK. Don't worry. Well, I, I'm going to be a little bit more ruthless in this campaign than our last one. So okay. someone should probably die for good. Okay. Hopefully not everyone, but, you know. Yeah, hopefully not me. It's all or nothing. It's all or nothing. <laughs> one person goes, everyone else has to go. Yes. David, what's our next question? All right. The next question is by uh, you slash obliteration underscore egg. Players just skip my planned series of mini bosses and rush straight for the BBG. <laughs> Should I just let them lose the fight? Yeah. Yes. Okay. For context, a nasty cult has sprung up as an offshoot of the settings main religion with the leader of the cult being one of three members of the head console of this massive temple of the gods who's been acting as the grand inquisitor but secretly using her position to label any threats to her power as heretics of course <clears throat> the location generally trusts and celebrates her for being such a successful inquisitor not knowing how many the party instead of looking into the cult or asking around like they usually do decided to try and barge in and announce her crimes without evidence earning the scorn of not just the bbg but also the surrounding guards and the other two council who are high-level clerics and aren't involved in the cult. The fight starts next session, and I feel like at this point, the coming fight is unwinnable. What I'm planning is that when they lose, they're captured, and the cult leader tries feeding them to her pet, leading to what is wh what was expecting to be the next boss anyway. But I'm open to taking suggestions, as I've never really had to handle this kind of thing before. That's a good idea. Yeah, I think, you have a, I think they have a good plan for what they should do. Because uh, they're definitely not winning this fight. That's stupid. <laughs> yeah. No. Oh, yeah. They're dead, boy. Mm -hmm. I, I, but I do like the idea of them being captured instead of just outright killed. Yeah. Okay. And if you wanted them to do the mini boss rush, then having them fight it after getting captured is a great idea. Mm -hmm. They could entirely rework this so they have to. Um, don't know like what. The setting really is, but like they could do a Colosseum type where like they're all slaves that have to fight now. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Because they're definitely not off the BBEG's radar of like potential threats to her power. Oh yeah, no, totally. They've she's they're now all in like her journal. <laughs> now <laughs> people to watch for. People yeah. to watch out for. Especially if they like beat her pet and escape you know yeah it's not gonna let that shit slide now you're gonna be on the run yeah it'd be like it would become like an espionage campaign of just trying to gather evidence to then convince people that hey this person is not good and then the mm -hmm. final boss fight it kind of turned very assassin's creed uh now that i think about it because now yeah. you have like whole like religion all the guards hunting after you yeah yeah Oh, that's. I, that I, that's gonna ideas. be cool. <laughs> every single every every single episode, we're like, "Oh, that's a campaign we should do." Oh, that's a campaign yeah. Because <laughs> now I'm like, "Oh, someone should do an Assassin's Creed campaign." Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're gonna end up holding like five campaigns at once. Okay. Oh, at uh, some point, maybe. we're just gonna have a podcast where we just go through all of our campaign ideas. Yeah. And then you guys can do it and let us know. <laughs> you guys do it. Tell us how it went. We'll, we'll maybe do it. Well, I think it would be cool to be a professional DM 
where your whole job is to just playing D&D and stuff, I don't think I could ever make money on it as I am now. <laughs> yeah. No. Okay, this is where you you, you do the house husband thing. Yeah. Sorry? <laughs> yes. Where you just don't have a job anyway, but you just like take care of the house and then every oh, day you play D&D. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There you go. Okay. Can't say that on this podcast. No, Wait, what? No, say it. Don't be, don't be shy. Just gonna say the sugar, mommy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, actually, that's the hard part. Oh, that is the hard part. Oh. Love to share as possible. Well, for all you non-single people out there. <laughs> what? What for them? David. <laughs> what? Oh, please, go on. What for well, you? Well, because then they could just be a house husband or housewife, and then they could DM every day. Uh, cool. Yeah? Cool. Just rely on your, your special other to make a lot of money. That's all. Okay. Don't be independent. <laughs> Don't be independent. Be independent. <laughs> yes. Don't be independent. Be dependent. Alrighty. That was right, our next conversation. Yeah, we're gonna take a quick break from answering questions. We are. We're doing our, <laughs> our segment, Christmas characters in D and D. We're looking at uh, twelve, twelve-ish characters yeah. from D and D lore and, or not D and D. Christmas lore, Christmas lore, and stories and stuff. Our first character is obviously Santa Claus. Okay, so. So it's okay. So how are we approaching it? Does he? So so are we, looking, are we saying he has time manipulation or super speed? Well, that's well, that's what we're gonna debate because like we're so for each of these characters, we're gonna be looking at uh, what race and what class they would be, uh, and within class subclass and stuff like that. Sure. They could also be like uh, a multi-classer and stuff like that. Uh, he's a human. Definitely. A human. I, yeah, for he's most most of these, I think are probably just humans. Mm -hmm. um, not Frosty the Snowman. No, not Frosty, Frosty the, the Snowman. snowman we'll get there. We'll get, we'll get there. We'll get there. One at a time. Okay. All right. Santa Claus. He's a human. Mm -hmm. He's a human. What's, yes. what's his background? What are the backgrounds? Are we going to backgrounds as well? I don't think we need to go to backgrounds. We're, we're, we're making his character right now. We're making a whole character sheet now. Oh, no. I'll play him that campaign. He'd <laughs> <laughs> uh, be... Wouldn't he be a hermit? Because he he just lives on the North Pole, but he has a home. Hermits like, kind of travel like all the time. Or no, what's the? Isn't there like no? There's one where it's like you're just chilling out in the wilderness or something like that, isn't there? Uh, sage. I thought it was hermit, or is it? Or, no, not hermit. sage. Is like a librarian. It's hermit. Mm. Hermit. So he's just chilling out there in the North Pole with just his elves and wife. It might be hermit. I mean. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is seclusion. But he has like a whole like town that he lives with of elves. Yeah, and, that's like, fair. And he has a wife and stuff. That's um, true. Okay, let's just right, skip. So they... Let's skip background. Actually, <laughs> that sounds like a great idea. <laughs> I, I am actually going to agree with Andrew on this one that it actually is hermit because the um, description for hermit says you lived in a, in seclusion, either in a sheltered community. Such as a mm. monastery, you're entirely alone for a, okay. a formative part of your life. We don't so I do know think, Santa's like, childhood. <laughs> you don't know Santa's childhood. Who but I do, I do think living alone 
Okay. Well, he's yes. with Mrs. Claus in a town full of elves. Where so, did he meet Mrs. Claus? Where? Did, yeah, where did he meet Mrs. Maybe, maybe he was like on a December 25th, 24th night, and he was like, wow, this lady is so beautiful, and then he just takes her. The, oh, we're just assuming that Santa Claus has kidnapped his wife. I mean, they not. It's a possibility. I wouldn't put it past him. <laughs> with, yeah, he, either, with either super speed or tell i personally think that santa should have super speed and not teleportation because it's like you can't with the santa tracker you know like the santa tracker oh that's true website, yeah how are you gonna track santa if he's just zooping all over the place <laughs> that's right yeah google knows yeah. where santa is at all times right of course of course I yeah, I definitely believe he's a chrono Ruji wizard. I think it's time manipulation is how he does it all. Okay. That would make sense. Interesting. See, for his thing. class, I was thinking he would be a warlock, right? And his patron would be Jesus. Children? <laughs> Do children? Can you <laughs> uh Do people worship children? <laughs> Uh, is, this, is this a debate we want uh, to <laughs> let's 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 no. not talk about children. <laughs> children no, worship, wait, wait, but do children worship Santa? Is Santa like a deity? No, Santa's not a deity. Oh. No, you know that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. I don't think, I don't like, I, I feel like a warlock with a patron, uh, like you say, makes sense story-wise, but the Warlock doesn't really give him the same powers that he would need. Mm -hmm. That's true. That's true. I mean, Santa's just kind of OP. Yeah. He has the power to eat billions upon billions of calories and cookies and milk and vodka and not die so vodka <laughs> did you watch uh the most recent food theory there's places there's um there's places that instead of leaving out cookies and milk it's cookies and vodka is it russia oh. no i think it's ireland leaves guinness that makes sense. That makes sense. I believe it. I think it's France. Is it it's France? France the UK? Vodka? Huh. Vodka? Interesting. No, it's alcohol. Cookies. I don't know. I just know that there's there's places that leave out alcohol for the cookies guy. Cookies and vodka for Santa. Let's see. No, I don't want an Amazon book for cookies <laughs> and vodka. All right. Our next character is Jack Frost. Human. Uh, see, or elf, elf, or or again, one of the Ganassis, maybe. See, I if there was like something like a frost Ganassi, we, is we, what I would say. We can fuck around with water Ganassi, and I feel like you could homebrew a water Ganassi to be frost. A water Ganassi mm -hmm. that isn't blue. A little, a little cold. Yeah. yeah I think yeah, yeah. I think Jack Frost is a deity. Maybe. Who, who would worship Jack Frost? Well, so if he was a deity, he would be a very low level yeah, yeah. He'd, he'd be a low level but like you know how like in some like like in polytheism right we're like oh the rock is like supernatural oh like this element is supernatural right he'd be uh -huh. like that because like it's like no one no one worships well i guess i guess they do i don't i don't know how 
Cause like he might, he could probably, be, he he would be like an elemental spirit, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, like a spirit. You're right. I don't know if he would have a race or he he belongs in the bestiary. Belongs in the bestiary. <laughs> I, I mean, that's kind of true. I think if he um, was, if I was to make a character based off of him, at least, I think I would go with a a storm, a sorcerer. But like only focus on like ice based spells. Ice. There's a blizzard yeah. going on right now. There yeah. is a blizzard going on right now. So maybe he caused it because he's the yeah. sorcerer. Come on, Jack Frost. He's pissed. Love to see okay. it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Next character we're talking about is Frosty the Snowman. Yo. Do we, we had need, a. Do we need to homebrew a race here, or are we going? I think you could reflavor Warforged for Frosty the Snowman. I could see Ooh. that. Yeah. I. I thought he would be like a like a, you know how like some spells you can make like a servant or like a homunculus, right? Yeah. Because he's is okay. Is Frosty Frosty is the snowman, right? But the hat is what gives him his life, right? Yeah. Sure. So he's a warlock. That's it. Oh, that's from yeah. Hat. That makes sense. Oh. That makes a lot of sense. Would his patron be his hat, or would it be like the wizard that made the hat? Because it's, no, it's no, a... no, it's it's obviously the hat, and it's a genie. Okay. The patron's the a genie that lives in oh, the hat. Oh, you're right. There you go. And the pack he makes is that he wears the hat and he has life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and his race would be like a reflavored warforge. Sure. There, there you go. Oh my goodness. <laughs> we, oh my goodness. We have made Frosty the Snowman. We, we have made Frosty the Snowman. That's my next character, guys. <laughs> couldn't. Um, couldn't how would we account? How like, would we account for him melting? Because that's like integral to his, you know, folk tale. Okay, okay. I, hear I me feel out. like. What is... No, go on, go on. He has a, he has a, uh, shoot, vulnerability to fire damage. Yeah, like fire, so he like takes double damage from it. I think. Yeah, that, yeah, that's valid. It feels fair. Okay, hear me out though. A different perspective. What if he's a snow golem, like from the bestiary? Hmm. Because like that, it's it, it's basically a snow. Like a snow golem is a massive snow brought to life through magic. <laughs> is yeah. Frosty the Snowman. Yeah. I thought That's you were going to say Snow Golem from Clash Royale. <laughs> no. <laughs> Stop it. No. That's not allowed. Hee 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 ha. No. No, stop. Yeah, so I think you could basically take a... Um, I think we could homebrew a, a PC race based off of the Snow Golem. Mm-hmm. I don't think we would give him all these like damage immunities that the snow golem gets, like cold Probably. poison budgeting. Yeah, that's, that's um, a bit. But he much. he gets a that's a bit much for a, for a character. Yeah, he he is vulnerable to fire. Like I sure. I think I would give him like some resistances, but not like straight up immunities to a lot of the stuff. Yeah, yeah. Look at all that immunity to cold. <clears throat> to cold. That would that would come, that would make sense. Immunity to cold. Yeah. Right, the um, next character is blind, is... apparently. 
we're getting into some uh, Christmas Carol stuff. We're going with Ebenezer Scrooge first. <laughs> a normal human. A normal human. It's a normal a, human with very a average dad. Dude. It's just a grumpy, <laughs> dude. It's a grumpy yeah, dude. He's an NPC, Calvin. Yeah, that Scrooge is an NPC. <laughs> he doesn't get a clap. <laughs> yeah. All right, we're going to look up human. Human. We're going to go to the bestiary and look up what human. Did he, I mean, what did he even do? He, he was just an asshole to everyone. And then... He was, he was I mean, an I asshole. I feel like he's some sort of rogue because he kind of stole money from everyone. I guess. <laughs> See, yeah. He ran a he ran a, a money lending service, I think. So could he also be a bard since he's got a silver tongue? Maybe, but he has very low charisma. <laughs> okay, you know what? Fair enough. <laughs> He's just like a criminal. He's a grumpy. He's just a. Criminal. He's just a criminal. He's just a. Criminal. Yeah. <laughs> he's a crook. If you call it a human in the bestiary, it's just kind of like. Human in the bestiary. Human in the bestiary. That's that's him. I think so. I think uh, I think at the beginning he's just a roguish crook. I think afterwards he does a complete one eighty and he's like a life cleric or something like that. Where he's. Yeah, that's yeah. valid. After his, where he just meeting, celebrates Christmas and shit. He's mm -hmm. just happy afterwards. He Christmas. He's just, he's just a grumpy NPC that becomes a happy NPC. That's, that's what it he seems like. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't have any powers. He's just me. <laughs> yes, he's just me. <laughs> he's just me. Oh my god, I relate to him on a deeper level. And <laughs> he's just like me. He's just like me, for real, for real. Okay, now we're looking at the three ghosts. Past, present, future. By virtue of being ghosts, I feel like they're... They could probably also be bestiary things. Yeah. Yes. Just by virtue of being ghosts. Yeah, there is just a monster called Ghost. I do yeah. feel like... I feel like most of them are clerics. Sure. I feel like the present yeah. is definitely all about life and in the moment. Uh, future is all about death and shit. I don't know about past, though. I feel like you could argue peace, like coming to peace with your past. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Mm -hmm. um, maybe knowledge, because you're like learning from your past or something like that. That's also true. Mm -hmm. I don't know that much about clerics. Like, I haven't read through all the subclasses. Yeah. Would would one of them be like a death cleric? Well, the, the future, future, I think, is okay. a death cleric. Death. Right, okay. I mean, Ghost of Christmas, future cleric, VM works. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Next up, we got everyone's favorite, the Grinch. The Grinch. Rogue, because he's because he stole Christmas. Yes. Hello. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, probably a rogue since he stole Christmas. Yeah. He did indeed steal Christmas. I, I think he's a multi-class. Multi-class? 
I think he's a multi-class of a rogue and an artificer. That's true. He did. Oh, he did build a lot of stuff. Would his charisma be very low? Yes, it has to be. Doesn't isn't he like extremely stinky? Yes, isn't that the song? The whole song is about how disgusting he is and how you don't <laughs> want to ever be around him. You're a mean one, Mister Mr. Grinch. Grinch. <laughs> so would you say? I don't know. I mean, you could say like what a race. Would the Grinch be a green furry? I feel like he has to be something that's like uh, ostracized from society. Green and furry. So yeah. Like... I mean, all the things that look like the Grinch are like plant monsters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's valid. Um, shift. Maybe a shift. Maybe he's just like a goblin or something. I don't know. Yeah, I think uh, he could just be a goblin. Just like some sort of goblinoid, yeah. Just like maybe. a regular goblin. <laughs> like he doesn't have any like very, very I mean in most of the adaptations he's pretty tall, he's furry, and he's green. I think he could be a just a green bugbear. Yeah. That's true. And, and bugbears are proficient with the stealth skill, just automatically. So mm-hmm. Bugbears are proficient with stealth? Yeah, they're sneaky, apparently. The fuck? They are neither bug nor bear. Okay, interesting. Wow, plus six to stealth. That is surprising. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. It's like how, you know, the Hulk has the ability to be unseen. Wait, what? Yeah, so so the Hulk is notorious, is apparently in the comic books, is supposed to be really good at stealth. Really? The yeah, the Hulk, you can switch it up, but if you don't believe me, but the Hulk is supposed to be incredibly well versed in the art of not being seen. That's so funny. So the Grinch could work the same way if he's if he's a bugbear, just has incredible stealth for whatever yeah. reason. <laughs> I can read this later. I'm sorry, <laughs> <laughs> I looked it up real quick. There's a whole article right? from yeah, yeah. No, yeah. there's a whole article from Screen Rant that yeah, like talks about it. I'll, I'll talk. I'll look at it later though. <laughs> Anyways, moving on to our favorite Home Alone with yeah. Kevin McAllister. Kevin McAllister. I mean, well, Kevin McAllister is a regular human, he and he has proficiency a... carpenter's tools. I would I would say he might be a gnome, actually. Just because he's a child. That, he's he's very super crafty <laughs> for his age. Like he's such an experienced artificer for being so young. So that hey, it feels so like, like he, it has to be something natural. So like like with it. even because of how devious and much of a brat the fucker is. That that could be true. Yeah. I feel you like need a... an insane amount of luck to pull up to pull off the shit that he does. So he I could see him being halfling. Yeah. Yeah, I think about it. Or maybe like, he's he just a human a with a lucky or... feet. <laughs> I mean, that could be true, too. Actually, but... lucky is only a halfling feet. Yeah. That's why, yeah, exactly. That's why, like, he would be a halfling with lucky. Wait, no, lucky is anyone. Lucky can be a feat for any. Or no, yeah. no, but halflings have, what is it? Is it like they, they have their L- own, like, 
they lucky have, as hell. Don't they have character. their own like second chance or something? There's something where you just yeah. like, oh I yeah. failed, let me just roll again. Fuck you. Yeah, halflings are funny. Um Yeah, lucky when you roll. Okay. Yeah, they just have a lucky trait. When you roll mm-hmm. a one on attack roll ability check or save there, you can re-roll the die. But you must use the new roll. Um, so there's a chance of rolling a one again, but like it's not gonna yeah, happen. It's only, it's only gonna get better. Yeah. Uh, now we're looking at, at Harry and Marv from the Home Alone. If you don't remember, the two Harry, blood, the blood. Harry's the small one and Marv's the tall guy. Yeah, Marv's the tall one. The two so, of like, them are—I mean, the two of them aren't that different from each other. They're not think. that different. I would say Harry is like the brains of the operation. Sure. So I feel like Harry's sure. more of like a mastermind rogue. Mm-hmm. I will say, um, would that make Ryan Marv? George made the joke? Uh, freaking um, Ryan George made the joke of like, oh, look at all of this punishment they're taking from Kevin McAllister. How are they not dead? Because they're immortal. <laughs> so like, I don't know. They could have something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Other than that, they could probably just be regular old dudes. I think yeah. So. Maybe I they think Marv. I feel like Marv might be a barbarian. Marv is definitely a barbarian. Yeah, I would imagine like all the damage they took, and then they like they just have it. (laughs) He just walks away. obviously he's the the bear, um, totem spirit. Also, because he's a dumbass. Well, yeah, he's he's kind (laughs) of stupid, but like the bear totem spirit while raging, you have resistance to all damage, so Mm -hmm. that would explain like the fire damage they take. Right. Oh, they get. No, the the shit that happens in those movies, dude, they should be dead. But they're oh not. no, they're they, definitely they like, should be they, they're they're su- dead. They're supposed to be dead, but they're not. That's why Ryan George said we're gonna have a reveal that they're actually immortal. But then the right. producer is like, no, That's we stupid. can't do that. Yeah, like, well, okay then. Anyways, there goes Home Alone. Yeah, there goes Home Alone. Our last, <laughs> <laughs> our last character before we get back into questions. Elf on the shelf. The elf on the shelf. The elf on the elf shelf. On the shelf. Uh, <laughs> I think they're fairies. It's a fairy for sure. Yeah. It's a fairy because if it shows up in your home, then it's a blessing, and like fairies are like magical and yeah. Like, I, th- I feel like creepy. the obvious. It is creepy. I feel like the obvious answer for like their class would be uh, the scout subclass of rogue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the I whole like that. their whole job. I see that. Is to just yeah. look. It's, it's the feed information like, to Santa. Yeah. Screw CCTV. Santa uses slaves. <laughs> Santa does Yari? use slaves. Yeah. I mean... Is... Am I wrong? No. Not yet. no. Come on, when are we going to cancel Santa, guys? <laughs> Is it catch truly slavery first. if he loves them? Why don't yes. you catch him first, then? Yeah. You're right. <laughs> I can't catch Santa. He's too fast. It's because he has t- teleportation or super no, speed or something. Slowed, I don't know. It's because he slowed you down with his time magic. But but uh, but relative. Okay, but using physics terms, relative to my <laughs> okay. point of view, right? It's because I'm moving slower. He's moving faster. Yeah. There you go. Wow, you've done it. I've done it. <laughs> you done did it. I'm actually a physicist. <laughs> yeah, scouts are. <laughs> Let's jump oh. back into the questions. 
Andrew, what's up next? Uh, uh, excuse me. Uh, our next one is posted by user Riatis Ragnarok. Path of the Totem Warrior question. PHB states, you gain the might of a bear. Your carrying capacity, including maximum load and maximum lift, is doubled. And you have advantage on strength checks made to push, pull, lift, or break objects. Carry capacity equals 600 pounds push. Drag, lift equals 1,200 pounds. Source, player's handbook, P50. Good job saying the source. Yeah. My question is, does the advantage on strength checks to break objects apply to attacks on objects? Like, if my barbarian is trying to hammer down a door, does he get advantage of this since it is a strength-based check? So I did the dumb question, just looking for clarification. Thanks. I think that's valid. I don't know. I, I mean, do. Yeah. Like, so, if, you're, if I don't know. I might just give you advantage anyways, because you're, all you're doing is attacking a door. It's going to be pretty dumb if you miss. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if you would need to roll in it. I personally, I don't know if you need to roll in an attack roll. Anyways, like maybe just straight damage yeah. if you do. It, it <laughs> would be like an AC of one because it can't really dodge you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's not technically an AC of one. There is actual um, stats for doors and stuff. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Door stat block. Door stat. Door stat block. Uh, you just got beat by a door. Table door. Of course, not could find it. That's okay. Door stat block. Door stat. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, that came up. <laughs> wait, let's see. Where is it? Okay. No, let's no, okay. If it's made out of wood, so it's an AC of 15. Object. Generic object. An AC yes. of 15 if it's wood. And it would have, like, it's a uh, medium size, so it'd be like. 18 health. Wow, doors are kind of tanky. Doors are tanky. Yeah. Yeah. And to, yeah. to break through a rip window, like if it's a well constructed window, it would have an AC of 13 and like 27 health if it's a large window. <laughs> I think, I feel like it's when they say window like that, because most windows have like metal gratings uh, part of it so it's not just a straight panel of glass because like you can't make at least if like a fantasy world you can't make that large sheet of a glass right yeah 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 no. and most time a window like that is probably just metal bars not actual glass <laughs> at all <laughs> yeah that makes sense all right uh, but yeah, to sum it up your question, I would totally give you advantage on that attack. It'd be kind of weird to just say no. You don't get advantage for having what, the strength of a bear. <laughs> yeah. He's like, that's not going to help you attack this door, no. You know, you know, actually, I feel like I would give it the advantage on a, like a, just attacking objects in general for like anyone, because it's not like these objects are going to move. Uh, but, like, in his specific situation, I think I might even give him advantage on the damage rolls. Yeah. Just because, like, he has the special, like, power, and I want to give him something for that. Sure. Oh, yeah, I, guess, yeah, I agree with that, for sure. All right. But our next question is from Cinnamon Less Roll. Well, no, not a no roll without cinnamon. No cinnamon in your rolls. What non-combat encounters can I add to a desolate castle full of animated statues? You can answer my riddles three. 
<laughs> I'm currently preparing for a next session where my party will go for a long forgotten castle of some ancient hero. In concept, it's full of animated statues made by that hero. I already have a labyrinth with some riddles, really cool chess like half battle, half puzzle, and a final boss in the shape of a giant statue of, of said hero. I need to add two extra rooms of some kind of non combat activities to let my players relax before the boss, and I'm and I ran out of ideas. What what ideas do you guys have? Um if you can answer my riddles three. So ancient, they already have some riddle rooms. Oh um, um I feel like they could have a puzzle room of like statues. Yeah. Um there's a lot of you find in a lot of games and stuff where you have to like get a statue to a specific like orientation. Don't remind oh, yeah. me of Twilight Princess. <laughs> want to think? I don't want to think about those puzzles. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm getting PTSD. You could have like you could have like a like you know in those pirate movies where like a room fills with water and you have to like yeah. click on the right brick or something. Mhm. Or a crash compactor where like you have the two walls with spikes that are slow coming in on you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you have to like I mean, yeah, it I feel like you don't need animated statues in all of these rooms. Yeah, that's the thing. So mm -hmm. that you could definitely just put in some puzzle oh, rooms. You part. could have you could have a uh, wizard chess with the animated statues. Yeah. Where where well, you? Yeah, that's what they said. They said really cool chess like. Oh, half okay. Battle, half puzzle. Okay, okay. See, it didn't they learn for me. I can't go back. I'm not a pothead. <laughs> you're not a pothead. Good that's job. Good. That's good. No, it's because you're a potter head. I'm not a potter head either. Uh, okay. I thought they were the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> puzzles. 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 Look, look up puzzles. You could find puzzles. I'm sure you could also fill, fit in like lore of the world if you really wanted to. Like they can go into a library. A history if, lesson room? No. no. Yeah. <laughs> you just do a lore dump on them. You could do a lore um, dump, or you could have yeah. like one of the animated statues just say something to you. Yeah, be like, "What are these statues of, and whatnot?" Mm -hmm. There could <laughs> just be a generic, like, statue gallery that nothing happens. Yeah, look at this person and how they looked. Look how cool they are. We even never mind. <laughs> what? Don't worry about it. Oh. Moving on, David. <laughs> Alrighty, so this question is from u slash far underscore particular four one three two two. Would it be rude to join another campaign while my first one is on hiatus? Hey, I'm just wondering if I, it would be kind of shitty of me to find a campaign to join while my other one. Uh, I would keep playing the first campaign, of course. It's just one of four players. Our players isn't available most of the time, so sometimes we take one to four weeks between sessions. So we're on hiatus at the moment. I've been. Interested in finding another group to join in the meantime, as DD is that I look forward to each week. Week, I would I should say that my current DM sees it as cheating when I mentioned <laughs> I might check out a campaign a friend was doing. Plus, I'm a very anxious guy and want to check before going ahead with it, looking at joining another group. I think it's fine. I'd say it's fine. I do. I mean, it sucks to have a flaky uh, group mm -hmm. where it's not really consistent. And if you really love the game, I. 
don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'm running my own. Campaign I mean, it's, it's not like one we're playing, so. it's yeah. not like they're not gonna do the other one. Yeah, right. That's true. So it shouldn't make a difference. Yeah, exactly. As long as it doesn't impact your gameplay. Mm-hmm. Now, but it. I feel like inevitably it will probably come to the point where you have to choose between the two campaigns. Yeah, like if they schedule on the same day or something. Yeah. Or if you only have so much time in the week and you can't go to both. Yeah. And like, it really depends on like how close you are to your current group. If you're like best friends with the DM, then it might feel like a betrayal if you leave. Betrayal. I mean, you're not leaving. You're just kind of like, hey, you're just double dipping. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying, that, like, <laughs> I'm just saying, that, like, I understand where the current DM is coming from. Where he says cheating when you, when the poster mentions it. Well, yeah. No, cheating I was cheating. Cheating implies that you're ditching the other person, which you're not. So cheating. Like you're tied to one campaign. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I mean, it's not like he's using the same character, so it's not like he's doing outside farming or something, you know? Yeah. I would hope at least he's not using the same character. I did some off-camera grinding, guys. Now I'm level 18. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, it's the first section! <laughs> you know, no, my backstory is that I, I trained for a thousand years. It makes sense. <laughs> I am the greatest hero known to mankind. That's my backstory. That's why I'm level 18, guys. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Oh, all right. <laughs> so Andrew's looking at our next question. <laughs> this reminds me of one of our ones from our last episode. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> this one is by user character job 7807. One of my players wants to have another player assassinated. Is this in real life? I would hope Read the not. question. Oh. <laughs> First of all, Blood Traders, this ain't you for move on. <laughs> so, uh, I'm assuming the Blood Traders is just that DM's group. Maybe. So as some background info in the world, I borrowed the Discworld system of criminal guilds to add a little flavor to the world and mentioned that as well as the usual thieves. There's also an Assassin's Guild, Arson Guild, etc. And didn't think too much of it aside from a little world background and nobody in the party really seemed to think much of it at the time. That was a run-on sentence, my god. A little bit. Fast forward a few months real-time. One of the party has has spent a year of in-game downtime training with an NPC that works for his character, uh, bonding with him and a few others, and he brings him with the party on the next leg of the adventure. Let's call him Bob. One of the other PCs acquired the hand of Vecna, shifting his alignment to evil just strong enough for for. Vecna hand, finish it? What no, the just before. Oh, just before, before the downtime before. started, and as an evil act, when Bob went down in a fight that he just wasn't strong enough for, Vecna hand finished him off in front of Bob's boss. Now, Bob's has approached me and said that he wants to hire someone from the Assassin's Guild to kill Vecna hand and make it look like it came from someone else. I understand the motivations on both sides, both for revenge and evilly crushing the weak, but I'm not sure where to go from here. Do I allow him to take out a contract? Do I just say the go don't mess with people who's this strong? The party are level 14. Or do I take everyone together in real world and say, hey, we have a little animosity here. Any advice is appreciated. And it thanks to everyone. This is some pretty solid advice all around and kind of the stuff that makes me like this community. Okay. Yeah. Fun. Yes. Fun, fun. Um, take a second to catch your breath. 
this guy's grant this guy's ability to build a sentence is uh not the greatest i don't like anyways no, it's we, get the, great. we get the it's idea. so great that it just keeps going yeah it's so great it just keeps going i i say put out the hit yeah 100 percent do it yeah i, 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 I don't I'm see not, a reason not to i'm not judging the the player for killing bob because that is totally something you would do if you were cursed with the hand of vecna sure. it makes 100 percent sense to me I just also think revenge also makes 100% sense to me. No, 100%, yeah. I mean, player characters don't have to be buddy-buddy with each other, and I think that's fine if they're not. Yeah. Um, If they start fighting each other, sometimes it can get funny, just like in the campaign I was running. But after that moment, how do you, like, in-game-wise, justify that party sticking together? Like, someone just put a hit on their party member, and they're just going to keep on adventuring if that person's alive or like lose the encounter that is for the players to decide with their character <laughs> dynamics i think yeah i think yeah. it's cool if both players consent to possibly dying mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah i mean i feel like that's a conversation you have at the beginning of a campaign where you uh have to talk about whether the party is comfortable with their character dying at some point Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if it's okay, if it's another player killing them. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. I mean, you can have it be like a secret, like you don't know that the other player sent the hit, and then yeah. reveal I it think, later. I think that's that would what they be would that, do. I was gonna say yeah, that'd be. But if you revealed it later, like I feel like they would get kind of bad. Yeah. Like you might yeah. want to. If yeah. It's called character interactions. It's role play. Yeah. Role play. Exactly. I mean, they it's did story development. They killed Bob. Just like, they why? killed Bob. They, they, they don't deserve to live. Yeah. I mean, my first ever campaign, I was killed by a party member. <laughs> <laughs> Goddamn. Yeah. Anyways, we must get revenge for Bob. And our next question is from Razorback Fawn. Does a player with armor of the beheaded just die if caught in a beholder's anti-magic cone? Specifically, this is a character who can detach his head and frequently does so during combat. My husband and I were debating this scenario, and we both agreed that it's hard to think of a reason why they wouldn't die. I've always thought of an anti-magic field uh, as a kill switch of sorts when it comes to magic. In other words, the, f- the effect doesn't reverse, it simply stops. So if the effect in this case is that you can remove your head and still function... And the effect stops. I can't think of a reason why your head would zip back to your shoulders and reattach. You're still holding your head in your hands, but the magical effect that allows you to do that and still be alive is gone. However, it seems pretty brutal for 5th edition, and I'm not sure if we're missing something. I'm currently an academic discussion. Uh, It's currently an academic discussion, but could come up in game. I think that would be pretty funny. If they just died. I mean, died. okay. Why 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 would you detach your head in combat? How does that help? Maybe someone takes know. a swipe at your neck, but then you just pop your own head off. That'd I was gonna say it's just like the spider dude at the end of season oh, yeah. one of Metro no Yaiba. Yes. Oh, you need to do that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Um I mean it's a cool roleplay thing, and I think there's a lot of ways you could do it. Oh, um, you could be—you could be the greatest magic act ever. But if you're, or one of the, <laughs> considering how well magic magic actually exists, so th- this wouldn't be 
too special, but at the same time, it'd be really cool and freaky. I was thinking it was a nice, stealthy way to um, scout. If you just roll your head like into a room, <laughs> so yeah. you're not trying to hide your whole body in the room. Wait, does the head just like float, or do you have to like attach a string to your head and like pull it it's back? Definitely not. Should, a... Well, they said they're holding their hand in their their head in their hands, so it, okay. it sounds like <laughs> it, it just the magic is that it's detaching, not that it's floating. Yeah, you tell someone, "Hey, I got this really cool head ornament. It's just it's just a it's just a mock head." As as decoration for your room. Here you go. Yeah. And then it, it's actually. <laughs> you just, you're just, oh, that's that's really creepy. I yeah. I don't like that. Andrew, anyway, why do cast, you, you can cast a shrink grow on it. And you have a shrunken skull of your head. <laughs> I think that would be very painful. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I I think uh, if you get caught in anti magic while your head is detached, just die. I I think so. No, I mean. A beholder encounter is already deadly, so I don't like see why you should let light up or lighten up on a uh -huh. player if their head is detached. I was but gonna should, say, should they die instantly? Oh yeah, as if you get beheaded. So well, here's yeah. the thing, right? There's still it, it, blood and oxygen like remnant in the brain, so they're still alive for like a little bit. Not for a full turn. Not, not for, for six not, seconds. Not for long enough where like yeah. they have to be rolling uh, death saves or anything. They're they're dead. Dead. It's rolling like six that ones on your death saves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would argue if you get them out and attach their head like fast enough, they could possibly stay alive, but they're out for the rest of it. How, how long does the anti-magic cone last for? Like, does it just... Let me, let me check real quick. I'm also checking. Um... I, I feel like it's um. Which one is it? Which ray is it? I I I don't know. Oh, anti magic cone. Oh oh, it's it? just an area. Oh, it's just an area yeah. of anti magic. Oh yeah, yeah. If it sees you, you just die then. Yeah. I mean, there's there's probably spells where if you're fast enough, you could possibly bring them back. But I don't I don't think they'd be rolling death saves. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so supposedly speaking, if you were to become beheaded, it would take a maximum amount of time of around ten seconds before you went brain dead. Right. So, so you you have, have ten to... seconds to <laughs> to get out of that out and and reattach the head. So so yeah, so you, you stay alive two, for two one. That's at max though. Yeah, and this is yeah. prob and their their hearts probably pumping in this scenario. So blood's going. So so one one turn probably one turn max to get them a out of the hundred fifty foot code. <laughs> <laughs> so you. <laughs> All right, David. What's our next question? <laughs> okay, our next question. Uh, my players converted a wolf to Christianity <laughs> by you slash lopsided beat 762. Alright, so here's what happened. Idea for my group. One of my players was about to be killed by a wolf and asked if he could roll a religion check. And I'll, I'll, I'll and I'll, oh I'll my gosh. a holy bible. And as I think as hold out a holy bible. Oh, and hold out a holy bible. And as a joke, I said, sure, and if you get a 20, he'll convert to Christianity. And of course, with 
plus one to religion, he got a 20, making his score a 21. It was hilarious, but th that then gave me an idea. I will now use this wolf as a plot point, since the wolf ran into the wolf with his new Bible. <laughs> Further on, I'm going to bring the wolf back, and he's going to save their lives or something. I so I'm making a character sheet, but I need funny ideas for attacks and perks that a Christian wolf would have. Could y'all help me out? <laughs> I mean, he's definitely a, he's a cleric, of course. Yes. It's a cleric wolf. Paladin. Either one pa of the two. Pa pa Paladin wolf, okay? I, then... I think... I don't, Voltron! You're not making a whole, like, character out of this, so I would do, like, holy attacks, so, like, a spite-fueled bite or something like that. <laughs> Divine smite. <laughs> you know? Smiting bite. <laughs> yeah. And then extra damage towards like fiends and undead. Mm -hmm. And then, and then, um, it should have like converting howl, and then you could convert other people to Christianity. Yeah, I do think this wolf is definitely, um, converting people in his spare time. Dude, this is Wait, amazing. Do you think the wolf could exercise people, but, but, but like howling? Yes. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I, think, just... I think he has a howl that does. That's basically like does the fear effect, um, mm -hmm. but it it puts the fear of God into you. <laughs> fear of God. So if your if your alignment is evil, right, you're feared. Yes, and you oh, automatically you fail if your alignment is evil. You should be able yes. to banish like undead to like another plane. Yes, <laughs> or like send how, fiends okay, back to where they came from. How OP is this wolf? <laughs> Oh, very no, that wolf needs to be the strongest being yeah. in all of D and D. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like he, <laughs> I will not accept anything less. He is like God Himself, right? In this wolf. <laughs> Dude, um, this is amazing. This wolf is gonna be great. He's like Aslan. Yes. That's uh, but that well, this kind of feeds into our next question. Andrew. Oh, no. oh yes, yes. How does this connect? <laughs> okay, so we got you slash cats for e. How can we make a <laughs> how can we make a cow OP? <laughs> Me and my party have found a nice cow and we have named it Percival and we want to make him the most powerful creature there is. How do we do that? Which probably won't work since it's somewhat up to the DM and he hates the cow as he wanted a more serious <laughs> campaign. We're also level two and would appreciate ways to make him avoid death until we are high enough level to do stuff. I am already casting Mage Arm on it every day. We have thought of Dragon Breath. Also, no true polymorph since he is a cow and must be a cow. He must be a cow. <laughs> must stay cow. Just put a bad costume on him and then you got the bad cow. Dude. Bad cow. <laughs> yes. Okay. I um, mean, every magic item you find is going to this cow, right? Yeah. Uh, of course. Yeah, of yeah. course. Um, as long as it's not cursed. As long as it's not cursed. Yes. How do you make a cow OP? Um, there, there must be some like really good. If, if you're an artificer, oh, guys, could obviously, you... you start a religion and you get enough <laughs> followers, so it becomes oh. a deity. Oh yes. Yes. Wait, this is just like that one Bible story, <laughs> except it's a real cow and not a <laughs> and not a gold cow. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh no! That wo right, the wolf and the cow are gonna fight. I I don't think that the DM will let you turn it into. Deity, unfortunately. No, if if the DM is against the cow and wants a serious campaign, you're probably not 
successfully. So like, sad. Know, you probably shouldn't even. You gotta just piss off the DM. Anti DM. Oh, they've already. No matter what they're doing with this cow, they're already pissing off the DM. <laughs> the uh, so I say go full like steer into it. Oh yeah, one of the comments says worship the cow, get others to worship the cow, build See, a foundation yeah. for the there you go, yeah. worship cow. <laughs> That's pretty epic. If you if they had an artificer, could they like make armor for this cow? Yes. And, yes. Oh, there's already like armor for animals. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. We talked about this another uh episode where like yeah. you can make armor for horses and then you can infuse the armor. There you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm reading the gonna... subclass for Artificer Artillerist, and I just see Eldritch Cannon. And I'm thinking, what if you put an Eldritch Cannon on a cow? Yes. Yes. 100%. <laughs> you you got to this cow to a roving take now. Um, yes. yes. Literally it's like, a tank. It's like, it's like you, know, um, you know the Polish army in World War II had the bear who would, like, oh, no. <laughs> would, like tow artillery? Dude. Yeah, we have the cow. <laughs> we have cow. Oh, have you seen the trailer for Cocaine Bear? Cocaine Bear, yeah. It's a real movie. story. There was yes, like a yes. bunch of cocaine that like dropped from a plane or something. There was a bear who ate like a whole bag of it and for like a few minutes was probably the most powerful apex predator in existence before but... it died of, you know, eating all that cocaine. And then the movie Cocaine Bear is just like, what if it didn't die right away? <laughs> Goddamn. Already. Oh, Calvin. I think, the, I think the church idea is the best idea. Church idea. <laughs> you, you have to keep it long alive long enough. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. the hardest thing. The DM's probably gonna try and kill the cow. Yeah. That's uh, why you gotta defend it with your your <laughs> life. Nothing short of a TPK will kill this cow. <laughs> yes. Okay, next question. Bad for that DM, though. Oh, totally. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, next question. It's by Rob Robvius87. Third Christmas special game, Need Ideas. So this is my third Christmas game as Forever DM. Uh, year one, Krampus kidnaps Santa and the players have to set him free on time for Christmas. Year two, a nearby town is struck in perpetual winter. Players find, a, find that Jack Frost has been tinkering with magic and Santa returns to help them rid the mountain of Jack's influence. Year three, no clue what to do. <laughs> I've looked at some one shots. Some looking, some look interesting, but many seem too childish. Plus, I've come up with an original, although obviously not complicated, premise premises in the past. I'm bummed. I'm lacking the inspiration this time around. Any ideas for hooks that could involve Santa Krampus and or Jack Frost? You should do a Grinch one, where like the Grinch is an artificer, and then he builds like this like crazy. St- Thing like monster machine, mm. and then you have to Ebenezer Scrooge, but he builds a nuke. Yeah, you have to defuse the nuke in time <laughs> for Christmas. No, that's actually like no. the Grinch, right? He's he like makes like a world ending weapon, right? And you have to like prevent the doomsday counter. I, I feel like when it comes to Christmas campaigns, people aren't very imaginative because they, they don't. I think if you took the time to look up. Some like other Christmas monsters. There's a lot more interesting ones you could do instead of returning to the Krampus mm-hmm. uh, and like Jack Frost or something. One of them that this is super cool to me. Uh, it's called the Christmas Cat or the Yule Cat. 
Uh, it's from Isolated Christmas Folklore. And the Yule Cat is a huge and vicious cat who lurks about the snowy countryside during Christmas time and eats people who have not received any new clothes to wear before Christmas Eve. And it was this whole thing of um, trying to encourage people to work harder to make clothes and stuff. <laughs> so any like child who wasn't wearing like a new clothes was... Obviously, it was because they were lazy and stuff, so the Yule Cat would just eat them. Oh, Yule. There's, there's a lot of others, like there's the Yule Lads, a group of 13 mischievous pranksters who steal or, or harass the population. My favorite is the Spoon Licker. That is the one of the Spoon Licker? That's one of the Yule Lads. He steals and licks your spoons. <laughs> I'm oh, dead Yule. serious. That is all he does. <laughs> I, I was thinking that you could make a campaign revolving around Snow Golem Frosty the Snowman. Like, yep, he, he turns evil, maybe he makes an army, you know. Good old-fashioned kill everything. Save have you guys read Calvin and Hobbes? I have seen yes. Calvin and Hobbes. I've read, I've read the there whole is... thing. Good. There, you know, so you probably know what I'm talking about. There's a section where uh, he makes... A mutant snowman for fun, and then the mutant snowman like yeah. comes to life and makes more and more mutant snowmen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you could just totally do something like that. The snowman invasion. Yeah. Yeah. What were they called? The snow goons. <laughs> the snow goons. Oh no. Okay. Our last question. Our last David. question. This is the most important one. What do I get a DM for Christmas? By you slash Alex Gordon. Calvin doesn't get to answer this question. Calvin, Calvin. You're our, you are my forever DM. I love you, Calvin. No, no, we, we all say our I just wanna, ideas. I just want to point Calvin out, you know, the stuff. first... I just want to point out the, the, the is a chance to be a player. So okay, don't ask actually, too much, though, that, that's that's valid. That is valid. <laughs> okay, we're asking a bit too much. Something realistic. Something realistic. Something like, realistic. <laughs> like like a die. You get a single die. You get uh, a single. There is worse supply of map making material. I don't know this. this oh yeah. Give me a um, subscription. Calvin, I, I will get you. I will get you a single percentile die, but just the ten, not the ones. <laughs> what? A single percentile? Wow! If you're gonna give me a single percentile die, it better be a D hundred. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Oh no! Um. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Chance to be a player, map I making. Could. Uh, you could just get more D and D books. All these like, comments maybe. are like the same thing. A chance to be a player, a session where everyone's available at the same time. Wow, I would be happy <laughs> at... with any dice set. No, you're not allowed. You're not allowed. <laughs> I need more. You are not allowed. <laughs> Don't. Calvin is always dice. posting in the in the server like all kinds of like dice, just like new dice. Dice tick back. Yes. No. Well, there's. I follow these people who, uh, modern artifice on TikTok, where they do weekly uh, giveaways of dice sets. Oh, but in order to do it, you have to do like you have to comment 
uh, follow them and share the video. So I'm just sharing the video with you guys. No, no. Dungeon morph dice. What is this? Mm -hmm. Oh, you can make it. Well, maybe you can get your DM dice, but you can't get Calvin or any other goblin dice. Fine. Dice goblin. Feed my addiction. You no, don't feed his addiction. The addiction is bad. Uh, I mean, there, there's a lot of... Uh, if they have like a, a serious game room where they you know they do all their stuff and it's like decked out and stuff you get you can get something decorative for that more decor yeah more decor yeah. or there's a lot of dd accessories like a, a nice, oh, figures nice tower figures you for gift them figures. a table yeah. for D D. give them a table. <laughs> make like a, a custom table like for a custom like table a... yeah <laughs> okay calvin how sick would it be if you had a huge like wooden table and in the middle was the goblins and guidance emblem Oh. That'd be cool. I feel like I'd want uh, someone to draw up our like own custom one because the one we have now is nice, but like we got it off of online. On a, yeah, that's true. On an editor, we so it's not very, voice. it's not really unique to us. That's true. Someone's uh, gonna do it. <laughs> All right, just we're looking at you, viewers. Yeah, yeah. Listeners, as long as you not don't viewers. get Kelvin dice. I can do most things. Yeah, anything but dice. He is too many. If okay. any of our listeners happen to be artists, we'd totally um tell you draw up a, a logo for us and send it to us. Do it. We for have free? our own email for do yeah. I guess we do. Oh, I, I think, appreciation. Yeah, Calvin like made a new email when signing up for something. He did. All the right. Gavel. Gavel. Do we do with our life? Oh yeah. I have to I have to add it to our like info. <laughs> but yeah. Sounds fun. Okay. We also have a Reddit page that I haven't checked. It's probably we have a Reddit. Empty. Yeah. <laughs> Don't say how we said like, right now. And well, if there's eyes. a question on there, we'll answer it. We, we do have a Reddit. We do have a Reddit. I'll upvote the pinned comment. Um, okay. <laughs> We're all looking up the own Reddit now. All right, we have a Reddit. Okay. We do, I see it. All right. <laughs> yeah, nothing, nothing's changed. Nothing yet. Um, oh, so sad. Fun. That's okay. Yep. <laughs> oh, I gave it a second upvote. Oh, don't worry. I'll, I'll, I'm not signed in. I can't. Same. <laughs> All righty. But yeah, we do have a Reddit. So if you want to ask us questions directly, you could just uh, post there. Yes. At Goblins and Guidance. Oh. Well, Matt has three upvotes. Well, anyways, uh, that's all the questions in the time we have for today. Is it? Yeah. That's so crazy. Yeah. It's so crazy. Uh, you know, just want to say Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays to everyone. Uh, listen and yeah. celebrate. Whatever you celebrate. We don't discriminate. Yeah, that we rhymed. do. That was nice. That's a joke. <laughs> that we don't. I promise. Yeah. All right. David, what's your joke? What's a goblin's New Year's resolution? 